Today on the show, my guest is Mia Ganda. She's a professional coach who focuses on emotional awareness and connection. We had a very interesting conversation about intimacy that you're going to really enjoy. My apologies for some of the audio today. There's about a two to three minute part where the audio is a little bad. It's about 15 minutes in and I was going to edit it out. I tried to clean it up as much as possible, but it was a good part of the interview, so I just kept it in. So just bear with it. It only lasts maybe two minutes to three minutes. So visit thestoryofmepodcast.com to submit questions for the show, and also follow the links to all the social media, including the podcast Facebook group, where I upload meditations and yoga exercises related to the different episodes. Please continue to support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing it, and sharing it with a friend. And if you've been enjoying it, please make a donation. Go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and at the bottom of the website, there's a donate button, and help support the podcast. Thank you. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I. Blissful am I Why? Beautiful am I Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? How is life going? The theme for today's show is intimacy. This is a very important theme anytime, but especially now that we've been locked down for this pandemic or we have the social distancing, and we're not able to really connect to people the way that we normally do. Intimacy is important also really for self-awareness because it's the intimacy that you have with yourself which creates this awareness of the truth. And once you have this, then you're able to manifest this intimacy with the people in your life and have very good connections. And this is what we want to improve, we want to work on, and it can always improve. So I invited an expert on intimacy, and this is Mia Ganda. She's a professional coach who focuses on emotional awareness and connection. She coaches CEOs and high-performing individuals who work in fast-paced, high-pressure environments. And before becoming a professional coach, she was a model in the fashion industry for 10 years. And then after this, 
She spent about eight years in sports management and private banking. And so she'll tell her story about how she went from modeling to being a professional coach. It's a very interesting story. And she's a very interesting person and is able to really get to the essence of what intimacy is. I really enjoyed the conversation. I found her on the internet where there were some videos of her speaking about intimacy. And I, I highly recommend that you look for her on the internet and, and look at these videos because she really makes you think. She's very good at pinpointing the essence of what intimacy is. And this came through really well in the conversation. So you'll really enjoy it. I did. I was really looking forward to this conversation with her to really hear her story and then to hear her insights about intimacy, which really comes through in her videos that she created. So enjoy this conversation that I had with Mia Ganda. Hello, Mia. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to having this conversation about intimacy mm. because I, I think now, especially with this pandemic and people being so isolated, I think it's a really important topic. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. <laughs> but before we begin, let's talk a little bit about your background, mm -hmm. how you arrived to the point you are at now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... Um, it's been actually quite a journey and I never thought I would find myself um, teaching intimacy and vulnerability, um, but here I am. Um, I I was born and raised in Germany and, and grew up there and um, at the age of 14 I was discovered as a model and so I worked as an international fa fashion model. I worked in in pretty much all over the world in New York and um, yeah, Europe um, for quite a while up until my early mid twenties. Um, but there's always a part of me looking for something else because it's very superficial and um, yeah, there's a lot of validation that I received during that time for my looks, but I did not develop my, psychology almost I want to say so my internal state of being um, and at some point I was living in New York at the time I realized that I could no longer do this I felt incredibly lonely and isolated and whereas from the outside you could say it looks like a very glamorous lifestyle um, within I yeah I was just really sad and and depressed and didn't know what else I wanted to do and I got a really um, great offer with an extremely successful agency in New York and I was standing there about to sign the contract and I noticed this is not how I want to spend my life like being in front of the camera pretending to be happy and beautiful whereas inside I just felt sad. What year was this? That was 2005. Yeah. Okay. 2005. And, and at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to Germany. 
and start over. And I got a degree in business management and uh, and another one in tourism and event management. And then I um, went to London to study to get my master's degree in international relations, which I thought was fascinating. And I, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and I also enjoyed living in London. And so um, I started a job working for a company in international football management. Um, I okay. never thought I would do that. <laughs> um, but it was quite exciting in a sense that it was very international. I got to travel a lot. I was um, responsible for representing the Brazilian football national team and the Argentinian national team. What was your position there? I started um, I started marketing television rights for the international friendly matches, but then I got head of events and then head of federations. So, so basically looking after the federations and negotiating the deals for their friendly matches. Were you a sports fan before this? No, not at all. I was not, I did not know much about football. But the interesting thing is, and I, and I still think that today, that the more we get curious about something and the more we learn about something, the more passionate we become. I, I, I truly believe that. And so I got really excited. It was a tough transition because it it's a very male-dominated world and there's a particular energy around football, which is quite macho. <laughs> And so to coming into that space as a woman, on top of it as an ex-model, there were quite a lot of judgments that I was facing. And so I had to kind of prove myself in a, in a way. And so I studied a lot about football. And like I remember when I was taking the cab pretty much anywhere in the world, I would speak to the cab drivers every time about who's your favorite team and, and who's your favorite player. And so I I started to learn and then I and then I kind of became fluent in football. <laughs> so how how long did you do this? That I did for about two and a half years. Yeah, I did some I did some work for FIFA also during that time. Um and for a project in Sierra Leone. And what was interesting in that time and what kind of brings me towards what I'm doing now a little bit. I, I got close to some of the football players and they were all high profile national team players and some of them were transitioning out of their professional careers. And there's a very high divorce rate and depression rate after after they stop playing professionally because yeah, I mean, one day you're playing in front of fifty, eighty thousand people and you're the star. Um and the next day someone younger comes and you're not as important anymore just because the body doesn't do that. And when I was coming back from New York, when I was giving up my modeling career, I struggled starting over having a normal life as in studying and being in one place at the same time and not having the excitement of traveling. Um, and so I think I could relate to some of the fears and challenges that they were going through and so I started to challenge them to 
to look within rather than buying another car to look within and see see what was there in their heart and and what else they could create because they had achieved a lot I mean it takes a lot to become one of the best there's a lot of football players out there and I just Yeah, I just did that. And and then one of them said, Mia, I don't know what it is, but I feel really held and safe with you. And I'm opening up with you more than anyone else. And maybe you could be a coach. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. But he planted a little bit of a seed. And what happened next was I changed careers. I helped to set up... Um, a private bank in London um, because I, yeah, I mean, I was traveling 270 days per year and I felt like I wanted to have something a little bit more quiet. And, and I was um, again, responsible for client relations. And there again, the clients opened up a lot and told me a lot about their personal struggles and were asking me their advice And I thought, okay, maybe there's something here. And um, so I did a certificate in psychotherapy and counseling on the side and noticed that I really liked it. I really enjoyed relating to people in a more authentic and open way. And I also started my own journey of like coaching and therapy and trainings. And, um, and so slowly I transitioned out of the corporate world into creating my own coaching business. And as part of um, a three-year coaching apprenticeship, I, and this is where we come back to the intimacy, I challenged myself to have conversations with a hundred people where I would make myself vulnerable. And I did this challenge and it came, it was like an insight which came out of nowhere <laughs> And I challenged myself to do that because I've noticed that I found it incredibly difficult to make myself vulnerable and to share my insecurities. And I think part of that is maybe due to growing up in Germany in a culture where that's not very much embraced. But then also during that time working in fashion where it's purely about the outer experience and the internal doesn't count I just never really had to do that and so I invited people I had 107 conversations in the end um, but I invite I told people about the project and then I invited them would you like to have an intimate moment conversation with me and I think almost everyone immediately said yes and so I was like okay so there's a real need for people to hear or experience things that are more real or to connect to one another on a on a more authentic level. Was this a hundred different people or yes. a lot of the same yeah, people yeah, yeah. for different conversations? No, no, no. no, they were completely different. So so some of them were acquaintances, some people I never met. They just found me through um, I don't know. They were referred by another person who I had the conversation with. Some of them were ex-partners or family members, some super close friends. Like it was very mixed. Yeah. This sounds very interesting. Oh, it was 
beautiful. Now, was it easier to be intimate with people that you didn't know as opposed to those that you did? Such a great question. Um, I want to say it was almost easier to be more vulnerable and intimate with people I did not know. But then again, it really depended on who, on who was sharing the space with me. Um, and I say that because with the people I did know, I felt there is more at stake in a sense that I had an intimate moment with one of my closest friends and I really love her dearly. But there was something that I had not shared with her. And so I thought if I share that with her, is this going to impact our friendship? And so there was a lot at stake. Um, and ultimately, of course, it was a really beautiful experience um, and, and, and it brought us even closer together. But yeah, it feels like it, it might even be more challenging with people that are very close, like thinking about, for instance, I've, I've never had an intimate moment with my mom, um, which, yeah, is interesting. And I could probably still do, but... Now, if you look at writers or teachers, they usually go into a topic they struggled with. Yeah. When I give workshops, I always tell people, look at your biggest difficulties and think about this as an opportunity to become the expert in this. Yeah. Because imagine if you, if you go to work every day and you turn on your computer and you have no problems with it, as opposed to someone who goes into work every day and every day they have to fix the computer before they can begin working. Who's the expert at the end of the year? Of course, yeah. And with this in mind, my question to you is, is this something you struggled with and this is why you focused on it to overcome this difficulty? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um and I think it's very interesting if you look at intimacy and for me vulnerability is is a good tool in order to create intimacy. So intimacy means if if I'm intimate it means I'm revealing something of myself to another person and if that's based on reciprocity so the other person's also revealing something about themselves then that creates intimacy more intimacy and connection in the relationship and that is definitely something that I struggled with because growing up I and and again the modeling also fit into that story it was all about the outer shell and not revealing too much of myself and and definitely not showing any of my insecurities or or my fears so for me that was a very big stretch to show the things that that I feel insecure about um, uh, to other people. And so when I chose that challenge, it was not consciously I have a real problem. I wasn't even as much aware of it. It was more like, okay, this is really exciting on one hand, but also really scary on the other hand, and I'm just going to go for it. I did not really know what, what I was getting into. But I totally agree that that's what makes 
the more impactful and better teacher. So when I uh, held, I held intimate moment workshops with groups and the beauty about intimacy and vulnerability is that there really is not much that I have to hide. And so if I feel overwhelmed or scared, which I do feel often when speaking in front of people, um, yeah, sometimes I cry and, 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 and that's really a beautiful gateway for the group to also go deeper because you cannot, I think you cannot be perfect at being vulnerable because the moment we are perfect at being vulnerable and, and it doesn't scare us anymore, we're not making ourselves vulnerable any longer. So, so yeah, I completely agree that, that, um, that is something that I have been struggling with and that is that is an edge and and that makes it easier for the other person also to to go there and that's why in all the intimate moments and all the um, conversations I had I always went first I started and, and one thing that I found very appealing I, I looked at the videos that you made for the 31 days of intimacy yeah and I, I don't know if it's your business background, uh, I'm guessing it is because I have this too. I come from finance. I come from consulting. Okay. And yeah. I think one thing you learn when you're a consultant or when you're advising people is that it's not about answering the questions of the people as much as it is about learning how to ask the right questions to make them think. Yes, I completely agree. And I think this is something that I find very effective with your videos. Mm. There's just a few of them. I mean, they're 30 seconds, 40 seconds, a minute. Yeah. They're not the longest videos, but I'll listen to one of them and I'll be thinking about it for days. Oh, wow. Because it's a question that just makes you keep thinking. Yes. And, yes. and, uh, I, I think one of the most powerful ones I, I've used it myself is what I usually hide from people is. Yes. And I think it's a very direct question and it's a very powerful question because you really can't hide from this question. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very direct. Yeah. Yeah. If I think about that question, it's, it's, it's changing. Yes. It is what I usually hide from people, but what my answer is completely different. Um, now than it would have been a year ago or two years ago. It's like it's it's evolving. And maybe it's different between different people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like what what I usually what what am I hiding from you right now is is gonna bring up a, a, a very different answer from yeah, what am I hiding from my mom or my boyfriend or yeah. Yeah, but I think it's very effective to be able to ask the right question because anyone can answer a question, really. If you can answer it and tell people this is your problem, this is what you're suffering from, but they really don't learn because it's not a true experience for them. No, I, I completely agree. But when you pose this question, you can see, I mean, even when I'm watching these videos of you, I'm having this experience. I think it's it's important to really be able to stimulate the thinking of the people to ha let them have the experience. Yes. And from these videos that you did, I, I found this very effective. I, I think each one I would watch and I'd say, okay, I have to think about this for a while. Mm, and that's good. how do you come up with these questions? Are these things that you've worked on and that you asked yourself or how did you 
Yeah, the, those videos are interesting. So I did um, I did a cooperation with the Chopra Foundation. I, I shared about the program, and they they basically said, okay, let's do let's do a 31 day of intimacy program that will help people to increase intimacy in their lives and and then they and then I almost just had a download <laughs> like I don't know how it happened I I was just like okay if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have 31 days of intimacy what's important around the concept of intimacy and how can I how can I be more intimate with myself first and then how can I increase intimacy in relationship to others and um, some of the questions I've worked with during my intimate moments and some of the exercises just came to me as ideas and and it happened very fast like I, I really just yeah so <laughs> yeah there's no big secret um <laughs> And so now, is intimacy something that can be perfected? It's a really good question. I mean, I, I'm struggling with the word perfection because it is it is very loaded. What I do think is what can be improved or where we can grow is, um, first of all, our awareness. Um, do we... Do we have intimacy in a relationship? Do we feel connected to another person? Um, certainly that's something that if I compare the beginning of the project, 100 Intimate Moments, my first conversations to to the later ones, there's a lot more depth in the later ones because I would challenge myself to be more vulnerable and authentic. And I would also not shy away from inviting the other person to go a little bit deeper and to open themselves up a little bit more. So I wouldn't want to use the word perfected because it seems and sounds very final and I don't think anything is. <laughs> We're constantly growing. But I do think we can we can grow in that area and learn more um mainly through awareness and, and just tuning into what what is it like is that connection does it feel intimate or do I feel disconnected? So so yeah maybe this this word perfection is not a good word to use but instead of perfection maybe what how would you describe two situations? One with someone who is very good with intimacy and a person who mm -hmm. is, is not so good. What would be the differences mm -hmm. and, and what would be mm -hmm. the, the, the direction to go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, again, if I think about the conversations I had, a person that is willing to reveal um, themselves there is a depth of presence and connection in the conversation that sometimes doesn't even need a lot of a lot of words and it, it it feels safe and warm and open and and loving and connected and and that there can be brought even more depth to that um to that interaction and it's beautiful and warm and 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 there's a lightness 
even if sometimes the topics can be very heavy, but it's just the quality of sharing a space where everyone is open and willing and, and not too afraid and willing to show themselves and not hiding too much. And if I think about the conversations where there wasn't any willingness, which were also very beautiful in themselves, sometimes I would open myself up and the other person wasn't willing to open themselves up or, or very overwhelmed with receiving intimacy. And so maybe they would, shut down or distract change the topic and so if i open myself up to another person and this is not reciprocated then at first that can be quite painful or 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 yeah for me it was definitely there was a sense of of rejection of okay maybe i shouldn't have shared that or this is really uncomfortable or i feel really vulnerable um, vulnerability hangover so to speak um, but the more that happened and and of course in, in some of the conversations that I had it happened that I shared something and the other person didn't want to deal with it or couldn't and I experienced this vulnerability hangover the more often it happened the more it led to it's okay it, it, it doesn't really matter because it's just an emotion that is a little bit uncomfortable right now. But I still want to make myself vulnerable and I still want to increase intimacy in the relationships of my life. Maybe not with this person, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from still wanting to do that. And feeling rejected is just that, a feeling that will pass. So, so taking it not personally, saying, okay, well, I'm opening up yeah. and this person is unwilling to do it. So I'm not going to take responsibility for their lack of emotion or, or lack of vulnerability. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to take, yeah. And I'm not going to judge them for it because I've been there. <laughs> right. Yeah. This raises an interesting question that I've encountered quite frequently in counseling people is it's typical, this pattern, where there will be a person, typically it's female, but it's also male, but more so a female, where they're, because of their life experiences and their history, they have difficulty expressing intimacy. And as a result, they kind of surrender their needs in relationships. And so instead of speaking up for their needs emotionally, yeah. they don't because they don't like confrontation or they don't like conflict or they don't know how to articulate what they're they're dealing with. Yes. And so what happens then is they typically attract a partner who's not so interested in speaking about emotions. So then it gives them yes. this uh, room where they don't have to because they're not required. They're not put on that spot. Space to hide. Yeah. And this person, usually a male, tends to be a little more self-absorbed, and, and this is why they're not so open to speaking about the other person's emotions. Mm -hmm. And for the first few years, this works fine. Then after five years or 10 years of marriage or whatever it is, then the woman starts taking some yoga classes and, and starts saying, okay, I need more. I feel there's, there's not this 
connection. In fact, that's what they tell me. They say, I don't yeah. feel really connected to the person. And I say, well, it's because this is the habit pattern and you have to break this habit pattern. The difficulty mm-hmm. comes when they've been together for so long. How do you get them to be open to each other when it's really the disposition because of the history for both of them not to be, and it's only mm-hmm. one person who really wants yeah. to be. And this is mm-hmm. the challenge that I, I've encountered with uh, counseling people. It's a very common habit pattern. I'm sure you've encountered this as well. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. And and I think it's not even specifically around intimacy, but in general and relationships um, where people have been together for a long time and one part of the two is growing into maybe a different direction or becoming curious about exploring something else in life to then bring that back into the relationship of course it challenges it challenges the relationship and the foundations of the relationship because the dynamic will be different and sometimes that can last for a while and be uncomfortable and people will find back together and sometimes it leads to the relationship ending because one part is beginning to express themselves authentically and and they begin to own their needs and their desires and that doesn't might not work with the other partner anymore and yes sometimes that can lead to the loss of the relationship the people are younger it's the loss of the relationship because they're a little more flexible and they don't have as much time invested. Maybe they don't have kids yet or they don't have the house and the mortgage and all this kind of stuff. But I find this more than you would think. I I encounter this with women who are maybe in their early fifties or, or, or a little older Mm -hmm. than this even. And and sometimes younger as well. And they just get to the point where they, I ask them, well, what are you going to do if you try to do this? And it's, it's like they're kind of stuck. And a lot of them just say, well, this is just the way it is. How do you mm. coach someone like this? How, what do you do to try to improve the situation if they're unwilling to make the relationship yeah. changes that maybe yeah. are, I don't yeah. know if they're necessary, but they are for their feeling of having connections. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't coach, I wouldn't work with someone who says this is just the way it is, because for me, that is a sign that they are not ready or open to make any changes. And that's, I find that really difficult. And I trust that, I trust that, so the people that I work with, I trust that deep down, they do know when the time is right to get help and to take the next step. The the other difficulty that I find is there's kind of a maybe a separation or a difference between being open and vulnerable and being emotional. Oh yeah. Is this something that you have there's a distinction that you you see some people yeah. I've I found that some people who are afraid to share their intimacy talk so much that you wouldn't imagine that they're afraid to share because they don't stop speaking. And then, and, and yes. this is kind of a way to hide, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. How do you do, draw this distinction? I call them out. Like I call, I can feel it, and I'm, and that's, I, I'm sure you can feel it as well. If, if there is true intimacy and true vulnerability present, everything 
in the space slows down and you have no problem listening but if 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 someone is just talking about intimate things but not feeling them and 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 there's like this overbearing quality and they're hiding behind that constant talking then i would call them out and i would i would flat out say i feel disconnected and 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 you're speaking the words but i'm not feeling it and and it's a very it, it, if people start opening up and become authentic it's a very it can be felt viscerally in our bodies and so again with loving presence helping them to see that for themselves because there are a lot of people who say i'm super vulnerable i have nothing to hide you can know everything about me and for me that's a sign of resistance because we all have i think it's part of the human existence that we have insecurities and fears um And so we all have something and, um, and, and it's just about slowing down and being honest enough to, to, to find that. And so how would you draw this distinction then between being intimate and being emotional? How would you describe this difference? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you need to be emotional in order to be intimate um when you say emotional what what do you mean like crying or well i've encountered people who say oh i share all my emotions and they do but it's overwhelming and it's it, again it, it's almost uh like like it's it's just this 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 fountain of emotion coming out and and there's no real connection Mm-hmm. And so that what I'm trying to get at is how do you describe to people this this distinction saying, well, yeah, you are sharing a lot of emotion, but you're not mm. being intimate with this. You're not really connecting mm. because it's almost mm. like a one-way thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay, no, I know what you mean. Um, I would stay with me. Like I would stay with what, what I'm feeling and what's present for me. So so if someone says I'm, I have nothing to hide and I – share everything and for me to me personally it feels like I'm disconnected and I cannot connect to that person I would just offer that as an experience to the other person and usually that that brings a little ah hmm and like it 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 wakes them up to okay maybe maybe I'm not or or maybe this isn't um because this whole intimacy thing is it, it it's a very felt sense it's not about how much information do i share how how many secrets do i tell you it's it's really about yeah how am i being present in in a connection with another person so yeah it's, it's like a a sensitivity yeah. right i mean if you talk about meditation and, and observing the subtle within this is an intimacy with the self and when you're talking yes. about this type of intimacy you're talking really about being subtle yes being very subtle and being very present yes yeah and 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 there is a there is a preciousness there's a precious quality to it it's like it feels tender and soft and slow And if I feel someone is just offloading their emotions, I would share this is this is too much for me right now, and I 
I'm shutting down because I cannot hold this or and that brings the conversation again into com onto another level which is probably a lot more intimate because what I what would be the not so intimate thing to do is to just listen but switch off and pretend to to listen that's not intimate yeah i i tried one experiment my myself uh, with intimacy in a partner is like I, i said i i noticed a lot that you're talking when it's not really necessary to hide how you're feeling right we mm. do this in different situations mm. and yeah. so with one of my partners we said okay let's be together for today but not talk Mm. unless it's very necessary because you realize the tendency is to stay something and, and and so you would catch your I would catch myself and I say well why am I talking about this there's no reason it's because yeah. I'm feeling some emotion that's coming up and it's a way to manage this emotion yeah. and so in this respect you can find this intimacy at least I was able to find it in silence absolutely in trying to create silence but be with this person and not be with them and and be you know ignoring them and doing something else but be engaged with them but only speaking when it was really necessary and mm. i i couldn't believe because i think i'm quite open but i couldn't believe how often you start to get into a conversation and say why am i doing this conversation mm. and when you go deeper you realize well, i'm feeling something uncomfortable or i'm feeling mm. uh, vulnerable i'm feeling this and it's a way to 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 disassociate yourself yes. with the feelings yes That's beautiful. And I, I found this to be a very good exercise. Yeah, it's a beautiful exercise. And I also, I, I do that also with um, clients because I work a lot with very high achieving, oftentimes male clients who are extremely busy. And, and so one of the challenges that I love to give them in the beginning is to be in silence with themselves and not do anything, not even meditate, but just be with themselves um, for an hour or for two hours and not say a word and just notice exactly what you just shared, what comes up, what's like, what is it even like to be intimate with myself and not have my calendar distract me and all these meetings and all these to-dos. And um, so that's powerful. Yeah, it is. Like I said, it was in the beginning when I started to do it, I didn't recognize how frequently that I would say a joke or say something. Mm. And, and if you really stop yourself from doing it and you go deeper, you realize, oh, there's an emotion coming up. There's an insecurity coming up. There's something coming up. And this is just a way to disassociate myself with being present with it. So beautiful. I love, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it was the uh biggest challenge and and it started because I was dating a girl who really didn't talk so much. She was a very quiet girl and so I mm -hmm. said, "Okay, let me let me try to to do this and and then it forced me to kind of really look at how I'm speaking and why I'm speaking and when I'm speaking and mm. uh and then you start to enjoy it because then you start to feel more connected because yeah. you start to You know, I, I did a meditation uh, for 40 days in a cave, mm -hmm. and I was alone. I didn't see any people for 40 days, and it was one of the most beautiful things I, I did. And you start to get so in tune with yourself 
when there's no one around, there's no electronics, mm. there's, and you get in tune with all the animals in the cave, all the insects. And the same thing when you're with someone and you're able to be silent with that person and not feel that you have to entertain them, which is another thing you, you feel you yeah. have to do in a, in a relationship sometimes that you start to really feel more connected because this is a, a, a vulnerability as well, right? To, to be yes. silent and to be present. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's also, again, another expression of who you're being that is a lot more authentic because you're much more connected to, to, to your core, so to speak, to your essence. And it's not covered over by all the distractions. And so, yeah, it's, it's yeah. And it's interesting because I, I have an intimate moment where there was a lot of space and it was very silent. Not a lot of words were spoken and it was one of the most powerful ones because there was no story. There was just presence, a few words. But the interesting thing was, I remember it, the whole room where I was doing it, like took on a different quality. Like the colors were brighter um, the sounds were sharper. It was, yeah, it was really magical. And, and yeah, so I, I think that exercise is, is yeah. Well, it's, it, it's like these, uh, exercises they do where you get a partner, you just stare into their eyes for a few mm -hmm. minutes without looking away. Mm -hmm. I find, you know, I used to find this very difficult to do mm -hmm. because you're so used to entertaining someone or, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. used to, covering up how you feel. And, yes. and when you stare, like you said, the things become more vivid. You see their face, you see their eyes, you see the twitches in their muscles and their mouth. And, and, and it, it, it does speak a lot, you know, these yes. micro expressions yes. is very powerful. So now that you're really focused on clients in the professional environment, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. how does this intimacy differ from intimacy where if it was a client that was coming to you and said, I just want to be more intimate with my family and my, yeah. my yeah. Uh, significant other, yeah. because the, the, the professional world, it's almost seen as vulnerability as a weakness, right? As a weakness. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it doesn't, it does. I don't make the distinction. Um, and yes, I've heard many times from these CEOs and leaders that if I were to make myself vulnerable in front of my team, they would eat me alive. I would be attacked and I cannot, and I cannot do that. But ultimately the people that I work with, there is some yearning for more authenticity in their lives. And so the work that we're doing it affects their whole life. It's not just, um, so when you're with your partner, you will do this. And when you're at work, you will do this. It's about bringing all of that into one, into I can be the same person no matter where I am. Like I, I am, I'm this integrated person. And so when, when I gave, I had a, I had a CEO um, of a big company and 
And I challenged him to make himself a little bit more vulnerable in, in the, he had, he had an offside with his team. And in the beginning he said, Mia, no way, I will never do that. But then he did it. And when I, when I say make himself a little bit more vulnerable, it doesn't mean that he has to share his whole life story. It's just, just one level, be a little, like, just take it one step up, just go you don't have to jump all the way in and tell your dirtiest secrets, but just make yourself a little bit more warm. Share one thing that maybe a little is a, is a bit uncomfortable for you. And so he did that. And and when he when he came back and we had our next session, he was absolutely amazed at how the team reacted because it, exactly the opposite happened. People are more engaged they realize that okay yes he's a human being as well and he got a lot of positive feedback for for having done that now of course there's a fine balance i wouldn't encourage someone to share the trade secrets of course or the secret recipe um, but it's more in their interaction with other human beings with the team to not to not uh, yeah hide so much but be able to to be more authentic because it serves everyone and that's also why I like to work with with people who are leaders because it trickles down and 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 they have they have a lot of impact and I find that really beautiful and it takes a lot of energy to pretend to be someone who maybe we're not and and um yeah so so yes it is a very scary process to embark on and and there is this judgment that vulnerability is a weakness but actually it does take a lot of courage so it's definitely a strength well it's definitely a strength i'm just saying maybe in the the corporate world other people yeah. may see it as a weakness and i just think yeah. of this silly experience i had is one one uh not even in the corporate world i was teaching uh english in madrid in a in a school and they had me substitute a, a class with little children they were like eight years old or nine years mm -hmm. old and i said i don't know how to teach these little kids and they, they said just don't smile you have to go in there and if you don't smile you have to act like you're and this is not my style and so it didn't work out <laughs> yeah. so well because i you know I, i was pretty open with them but when these these corporate clients come to you or the these mm -hmm. entrepreneurs or the ceos mm -hmm. are they coming to you mainly to improve their professional life their personal life or a combination of both how how, mm -hmm. how do they approach mm -hmm. you or what is their initial mm -hmm. even if their initial request may not be what they're really looking for because they don't know exactly. how to articulate it. Yeah. What what are they coming to you with? What is their intention, at least in their mind, when they come to you? Yeah. A lot of the times, um, a lot of the times it is it's well, I can tell you it's definitely not I want to improve intimacy in my life or I want to be more vulnerable. That's that that I don't think that has ever happened. It's more a version of I have achieved everything that I've always wanted to achieve. And now what? I still don't feel as fulfilled as I thought I would feel. I don't have financial pressures or I, I've, I, 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 I've reached all the goals that I wanted to reach. I ticked all the boxes and still something's missing and I, and, and I don't understand. So what, what can I do about this? And so then, then we go on a journey pretty much and, and, and start to, to, to go within like with like 
check in with the heart what what's fulfilling me what are my values and um who am i who am i being what's the most authentic expression of myself and that can start in one area so it might be i'm transitioning out of out of my company and i'm not really sure how to do private life or what to do what to do next or it can be i'm transitioning into a different role or classic leadership questions and then yeah step by step session by session it becomes yeah about i feel like there's always an entry point and and there's a vision and there are clear goals that clients want to achieve and i and and i have them um as part of our journey together however there's quite a journey until we get there and they might look very different from what they thought they would look like in the beginning because yeah there is a lot there's a lot to discover on that journey so if someone comes for a professional goal it is actually or a professional issue or something that shows up in in their professional lives usually they also have an equivalent of that show up in their personal lives and so i yeah i would i would never say i only do this because i'm looking at the whole person no of, of course I, i i would imagine that it, whatever they do in their their professional life they're carrying over into their personal life and vice yeah. versa i mean this yeah. there's no question about that but i would just imagine how if they're coming to say okay i'm taking over this leadership role and i need to know how to connect to the employees yeah. They're, yeah. they're looking at it more different. They're, they're not really probably asking the right question. They, they're, they're, the, the question maybe is deeper is how do I really do this all of my life, yes. like you were saying, to be yeah. more balanced. Yeah. But it must be a, a select group that's coming to you as well because, I mean, there's there's just a group of people who would think this is crazy. I'm not going to take uh, any counseling on how to emotionally – emotions are silly and I'm not – so you must be getting yeah. <laughs> a, a select group to begin with even if they're not the most uh, vulnerable people. They're, they're, they're a select group within that group. Well, there is someone that – it's it's – I would say it's if you feel ready to make some sort of change or to look at something differently then that's all that's all you need really in order to to go on that journey because there's no specific program that I go through with all my clients and they're all doing the same program it's a very specific journey that 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 we're going on so um i don't know if they're if they're so select but but there's definitely like there's definitely one thing that needs to be in place in order for for us to work together is a willingness or a curiosity or a desire to to yeah I think this is what I, maybe I mean when I say select group. It's someone who yes. recognizes they may not understand what the issue is, but Absolutely. at least they recognize there's there's something that there's I need something. to change. Yes, and, and then and then they then you allow them to see it in maybe a more clear way. Say, okay, it wasn't yes. just at work. This is happening yes. in your your family life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when you say they're looking for something specific, oftentimes 
people then look for tools. Okay, give me the tools and then I'm going to get there. And I don't do tools. I, 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 I do have a lot of tools. I did tra trainings and I got tools, but I found it's much, it's much more powerful to just really be present with the person and not use a tool in order to 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 push them through a process but to really allow whatever is there to come up and then to look at that and then to and then to work with that um and and it, it feels a lot more sustainable than just um pushing people through tools <laughs> and it's they all have it in themselves they all they all have it in themselves it's not like i don't have any secret technique it's it's just really helping people to wake up to who they really are and 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 realize that they do have all the inner resources and and just how they can tap into those of course i mean this the process of self-awareness or self-realization is really a process of subtraction there's mm. nothing to add it's really to remove yes. the resistance yes. for this to come out Absolutely. but you're dealing with a group of people who come from a a, a perspective that what tools do we have to conquer this, to get this project, yes. to do this? And so yeah. this is their thinking, their way of thinking. And yes. so this is, but with that said, are you incorporating uh, yoga or meditation with these clients and the, these types of activities to get them to, to be more present or to be uh, still the mind? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I use, I use meditation, um, sometimes guided visualizations, just silence, breath work, um, helping people also to, yeah, yoga, to, to just to be more embodied because that definitely helps um, to, 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 to have the access. Yeah. Yeah, also to, to gain the subtle awareness of these feelings that they're not aware they're having because they're such yes. a, on the move or they're, they're resisting yeah. it by yeah. uh, you know, conversations like I was talking about. And so yeah. I, I think even if you don't you do yoga, but just to sit still in the morning or at the night mm. to, to start to feel your body, to feel mm. what, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's switch it a, a little bit. And, and I know that you focus more on these corporate clients, but Let's let's talk about just in generality uh, of, of people in this emotional connecting because I think, at least I've noticed from my perspective, and I, if you watch any media and, and all this kind of stuff, I think now more so than ever, this emotional connection is really important. Yeah, and I, I notice, especially you're locked down; everyone's locked down in their house or wherever they are in the world. And the emotional connection is put at more of a distance. People are doing it like mm. we're doing now over the computer or yeah. they're not really the social distancing and these these great terms, uh, the propaganda yeah. that they come up with. Yeah. How would you help people negotiate this, this, this thing? Because I, I can tell you from my own perspective, the one lesson that I really learned from this pandemic of being locked away because I've been – locked away in a country where, you know, I'm, I'm very isolated. All the foreigners mm -hmm. have gone away and I'm still here mm -hmm. and, and you're not going out. And I'm in a, in a, in a room of a monk, which is ba basically just a bed in a bathroom. Mm. And 
I spent months and months without really talking, which I don't have trouble doing because like I told you, I do long meditation retreats yeah. and, I, and for 40 yeah. days, I never felt alone because yeah. I was so really connected within. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a psychological thing when it's not your choice. And when you're really isolated, you start to feel out, oh, okay, this is something I really need to work on these these relationships and these connections because yeah. it's showing that how important they are because yeah, you start absolutely. to feel I feel disconnected from everyone from from people yeah. from myself and I, I'm imagining because the suicide rates are up and and you know all the problems that are going on in in, in the world that this is something that everyone is going through in in some really severe aspects. I mean, I don't know what the suicide mm. rate is in other countries. Here in India, it's gone through the roof. And I think mm. in the US as well, I don't know mm. about the UK. Mm. And so how do you advise people to deal with this to to yeah. work on getting this emotional connection when it, things are so polarized too? you know, you yeah, have people it's... on Facebook or on these things, where you post something and they're a friend of yours, and they don't agree. So they you're not their friend anymore. And you're like, yeah. wow, you know, it used to be that we can have disagreements and say, okay, it's just a disagreement or whatever it is. But now people have become so I think guarded, or picked a team yeah. in politics. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, it's it's it definitely is a challenging um, time to be in. Also, um, because if if we spend time in isolation ourselves, like self quarantine and and all these uh, things, what has been maybe running in the background also has space to come up, like our 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 patterns and insecurity insecurities and, and 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 maybe even traumas or, or things that we haven't looked at because we no longer can distract ourselves with uh, going out to restaurants meeting friends socializing so so there's that element it's, it's we are being with ourselves and and um or even if you are in a relationship we are being with our partner and in in in, in a possibly confined space and there's not a lot of distraction happening and so it brings up issues that maybe um, we could distract ourselves from earlier um, on and so there's there's that element that that just noticing that that's what's happening <laughs> um, and also the isolation and and our and actually yeah i mean we can distract ourselves if we stay at home and we consume social media but that also leads to more um, to more isolation in a way because that's not a way to really connect i mean that's it's 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 a fantasy most of the times it's a story that we're being told and 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 it's not real so um well, i think also it makes you feel, in a way, I think it makes you feel more isolated when you're yes. on the social media. I think oh, even completely. when you made some comment about you, you met with a friend and they said, "Oh, your life is great. I see you on on Instagram. Yeah. It looks yeah. like you're doing good." Yeah. And, and this is how everyone is. They're posting yes. the best parts of their life, or they're, yes. they're the best parts that yeah. they think. And so yeah. it's very deceiving. And I yeah. think, in fact, it makes you feel even more disconnected because you Absolutely. start to say, oh, look at, look what yeah. they did, where they are, this great vacation, yeah. their great partner, yes. this, and you start to feel this. Yeah. And, and I think 
this is probably the biggest problem that as a society that we're all facing, you know, whether it's because of the polarization of politics and the social media and all this stuff, but it feels like whether it's temporary or not, there's a big separation in people and in human mm. contact and human, mm. you know, like I said, you know, people, oh, I don't like what you posted and they try to cancel you or whatever it is. Mm. I find it really strange, mm. you know, mm. coming, I come yeah. back from a, a, a background in philosophy where you debate and you have a yes. heated debate with someone, a very yeah. logical debate. When it's yeah. over, you, you're, you know, I mean, if you look at, Socrates and Plato, all these guys, they were sitting around a bar having drinks and having these conversations that were mm. very, you mm. know, uh, strong, but they were friends, you know? Yeah, and, and, it's and different. today it's like you can't be friends. It's different because, and I, and that's the point, it's different if you're sitting in a bar with a friend and having a discussion, it would be a lot more challenging to just walk away from that friend and tell tell them, we are not my friend anymore. If it's if it's online, it's easy. It's just one click. You're saying it's easy to just defriend someone, but if you're exactly. in, in person, yeah. So that's one. That's that's one point. And the other, the other thing that makes it so difficult is that we are, and and which is why I think intimacy and vulnerability is more important now than ever. Is when we are on social media and comparing our internal experience to some to what what another person is putting and presenting on the outside then it can only make us feel bad like we are literally that's what we do we compare our insights to another person's outside experience or what we perceive them to have what they present to us and and i think that's why this whole concept of of sharing our vulnerability and 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 revealing about ourselves is so important for us to remember that this other person is also a human being <laughs> and not just a beautiful um, um, picture that we can, if we don't agree with what they show us, we can just unfriend with one click. Yeah, I find it it's interesting because I've made posts, you know, before which I don't think they're controversial. They're they're, they're posts, but you see people will read them and then they respond, and you wonder if they actually read the post mm, yeah, because they start to project their own uh, psychology onto whatever what the one word they took and they got offended yeah. with this word, yeah. and they start to project their own thing, and so it's this 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 kind of neurosis. And it's interesting because I, I made one posting that was super controversial. I mean, I didn't think it was, but a lot of people did. And it was interesting because all the ones who got upset about it, it was on my Facebook page, were mm -hmm. not even people who liked my Facebook page. It was friends of friends who mm -hmm. read it through their other friends, and they mm -hmm. had they felt that they had to come and give me their point of view, which mm -hmm. was not a nice point of view. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because me being a, a student of psychology, I wanted to see what is going on with these people. Mm -hmm. And it's so much narcissism where they're getting personally offended by something that had nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. And you and you you see this a lot, and I think this is really 
this kind of projection of your own psychology takes away from this intimacy. It takes away from this yeah. vulnerability because it puts you on guard. And yeah. you can see that no matter – because my my instinct is, you know, I'm a, a background in philosophy is, okay, if you found something uh, not appealing, let's discuss it and let me try to understand you and you try to understand yeah. me. But it doesn't it doesn't work in this this online uh, way yeah it's and you realize that it's this this kind of it closes them down this type of psychology that you, can, you it's not even worth trying to get through to them no i agree yeah um yeah i mean it's easy i think first of all we all project onto one another nonstop and it's it's so much easier to hide on social media because really we do not see one another oftentimes as a real human being. And so it's just an outlet to put out whatever whatever yeah we project. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm fascinated also by that idea of spending a lot of time on social media discussions discussing certain certain things because it sounds like for me it's always about okay I want to be right or this is the right way and and that just creates separation for me and so yes I can understand if I'm passionate about something that I would like to share about that and and I and and I want to spread the message but when it comes to having like an intellectual discourse about this is right and and this is wrong it for me it always creates separation and and not not necessarily connection if you compare that to being in silence with the person what we talked about earlier it's the exact opposite <laughs> but you know the the thing that i've noticed is that it's not for 100% of the people but a big majority of them it's not even about the topic that they're talking about as much as it is about whether it's their insecurity or or they're covering up some trauma that happened to them and, and they see one word and this uh, mm. stimulates some memory mm. of a trauma and that's mm. it. You can forget about having a, a rational mm. conversation with them. Mm. And, mm. and so I find it interesting because it's really – this is why I, I think your work is very important because it, all of this is a really a big resistance to intimacy with the self. Mm, and yeah. unless you have intimacy with yourself, there's no possible way you're going to have it with someone else. Yeah, I agree. And and so this is what I see. And, and you're thinking, well, this person is an adult in this, but we don't know their background and where they're from. And, and when you investigate a little bit, you start to see, okay, there's some issues here. You can see how this person is mm. speaking to people or speaking about the mm. different topics. Mm. But I think it's not even about, even if you're saying, well, I am this uh, political party or that political party, I, I don't really even think it has to do anything with this, but it's really a resistancy, uh, resistance to being vulnerable and being mm. open and saying, okay, mm. I'm right or I'm wrong. What is the best uh, way to, to connect mm. to this person? And it's not mm. about connecting. Like you mm. said, it's about winning. And yeah. what I've learned through hundreds of hours of meditation is that this thinking and the story that you play in your mind is the same as taking a drug because it's like we have a conversation with someone and we have a disagreement mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then the whole day we're replaying this uh, argument in our head saying, well, next time she says this, I'll say this and I'll show her she was mm-hmm. wrong. And why are we doing that? We're doing that because that makes us feel better because we feel that something went wrong and it was our fault or we're not mm. good enough and we didn't mm. have the, the appropriate response. Mm. And so we feel bad about ourselves. And this is a way to manipulate your feelings. And basically what you're doing, you're fantasizing, you're saying, I am right, I know I'm right, and they're wrong, is you're trying to manipulate how you feel. And this is yeah. the lack, the, the opposite direction of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all have, we all have um, our ways of, of, of keeping our sense of self safe. And, and that's one of them. <laughs> um. Yeah, which brings me again to the point of if a person is not ready or willing, there's no point in pushing or explaining or advising because it there there needs to be a desire that comes from within. And and a lot of the times what you what you now perceive and what you see in a person who is who is fighting who's fighting to win on an intellectual level and you see that as a way to 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 protect themselves from intimacy from vulnerability um this this is obvious for you or to you but this person it's their way of being in the world this is what this is what they know and this is where they feel safe and so i think it's important with everyone to 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 see the innocence in what they're doing even if they attack someone on an intellectual level, but 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 providing the thinking that they have going on in their head, there's probably no other way of being for them in that moment. Um, yeah. So, so then how do we change this? How has this changed in our culture? Right? I mean, you go to school. I remember yeah. when I went to school, I remember going to, to grade school, in high school and every year you're taking another history class repeating the same thing but there's yeah. no psychology courses there's no philosophy yeah. courses there's no yeah. courses to help you think and it's not getting better it's if anything it's getting worse i don't know i don't know about it's getting worse i think i think as like if there's one extreme there's also the other so if we look on social media for instance we have the one extreme of 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 beauty being promoted and materialism but you also have the other side of of mental health and vulnerability and intimacy so 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 i think i think there is there is both and the answer to the question for me personally is one person at a time but you can also create courses and 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 um, programs and have them ready and available and to share with the people who are ready so, so if you were talking then to a, a family, let's say a hypothetical family who all wanted to improve their connection with each other, mm-hmm. what would you advise them to do? What steps mm-hmm. could they take to mm-hmm. to build this intimacy mm-hmm. within the family? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm actually working with a family and – First of all, it's important that everyone's on board. They all want to do it. So, so to create agreements around what it is that they want to be doing and that they're all in. And then just having a space 
to do so. So so it, it could be just blocking out one hour per week um, to to really feel into what's even present. And there are there are several exercises that that um, that they can do that will help people to drop in. But I think the most important one is to create a safe space for for every family member to express themselves and to know because there are so strong I mean a family is pretty much the the most challenging one there is because there are a lot of um, old dynamics and triggers um, so I think it's super important that everyone is on board and to create a safe space which means there's no judgment there is there is really respectful listening there's enough space for for every one to be heard and and without without the family members jumping into their old patterns right away so i think yeah it's nice and in, in order to do that it's also nice to 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 take someone on board right? to have someone who may be able to hold that space for them and facilitate a little bit. And now if you had a situation, let's say you're a family and maybe your children are not this way, you want to to educate them in this. And of course, it's a teenager or a young child. How how do you do this? Do you, How do you approach this type of situation? Or even if, like we talked about before, how I'll, I'll counsel someone and, and they want to start to be more open, but their partner doesn't. Mm. Of course, it get, gets to a certain point with a partner where you have to break mm. it off maybe or something. Yeah. But with children, yeah. it's not like you're going to send them away yeah. or sometimes yeah. the, they're not willing to or they need to get that partner to open up. What what tool yeah. or not tools, but which approaches do you take with yeah. a, a situation where their partner yeah. is a little unwilling? Yeah, I think it's so difficult to say like this is the tool that I'm going to use for this situation. I think it's very different. Yeah, of course. But what I know for sure is that pressure creates more resistance. And and usually resistance comes up if I have an agenda because the other person feels it. And so um so I think yeah, what's really important is that I'm checking myself like where does my need come from? one like wanting this to be different than it is and and how how am i pushing in order for the resistance to show up in a child or in the other partner and and why how how am i what do i need to look at within myself what needs to be done in order for me to respect the person as they are and then usually if we if we let go of that the other person does open up and is willing or becomes willing but and I know it from my experience personally. If someone has an agenda and pushes, and I feel pressure, then resistance comes up. So yeah. And and in your corporate clients who come to you, are their partners or their family a little more willing to to participate, or or do they have kind of pushback typically? What, what do mm. you find? Yeah, I mean. Um, they definitely notice a difference. Um, one of my clients just um, handed me over to his wife. So I'm now working with both of them, which is beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't experience 
that so much that one is closed or yeah i i, I don't know <laughs> And so now is this what you're mainly focused on, these one-on-one -on -one, uh, mm -hmm. sessions with people? And, and are, I guess you, you do this, you do a series of these one-on-one -on -one sessions for six months or for a, a long yeah, period of time? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have I have six months or a year commitments because I, I like to take my time and I like to dig deep. Um, and I'm also um, writing about the Intimate Moments Project, which is, beautiful because <laughs> there are certain topics that kept reappearing and and uh the, the, these one-on-one -on -one, are they all done in person or are you also available through, online to do no, these or how, how are you doing this yeah they're they are mainly online actually because a lot of the people i work with they 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 are all over the world and they and they tend to travel quite a bit so so they're done online you're also doing retreats and workshops, or maybe you were before this pandemic? Or I was, yeah, yeah. I was also doing retreats um, because I find the group dynamic brings in, like, it's it brings in a different quality, and it's I think very powerful, especially when it comes to the topic of being authentic and embracing vulnerability. It's very powerful to do that in a group environment. So, so I do workshops around emotional connection and intimacy and retreats yeah are these the same types of clients you're getting for the one-on-one -on -one, or is it more is it different or the same it's it's different i have i mean i do um i do workshops for companies or for 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 private um groups um where all sorts of people come like there there, there is no specific type um and i um the retreats also are different. I, I do very high-end retreats, but also retreats um, for people who are not on the, like I'm, who wouldn't identify themselves as high achieving individuals who've achieved everything. So, so it's, it's very mixed. Really, like, I, I love working with people who feel like if, if anyone is listening and thinks that intimacy or vulnerability or authenticity is something that they would like to have more of in their lives, then I love having a conversation with that person. And it doesn't matter what their title is or where in their life situation they are, because yeah, I feel very passionate about, about that whole concept of, of vulnerability and intimacy and connection. Great. Great. Well, yeah. thank you for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And if anyone wants to find Mia, they can go to Mia Ganda, M-I-A-G-A-N-D-A dot com. And yes. the Facebook and Instagram, it's Mia Ganda Official. Yes. On both Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, or just an email is fine as well, Mia at MiaGanda.com. Yeah. Okay, it's great. And I recommend going and, and looking at the 31 Days of Intimacy yeah. videos. Uh, I'm still I haven't got through all of them. Because like I said, I went through I did a couple and I was going to start going. I said, wait, let, let me take some time first oh, to digest amazing. this. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's uh, good. Yeah. And like I said, it's it, I, I 
I stre- I can't stress this enough. Maybe it's coming from a business background or a ph- philosophical background, philosophy background is the question is more important than the answer, and especially yes. when you're getting people to to understand something. And this is why I found uh, your work so appealing is you just ask these questions and I said, okay, I have to really think now. Mm. It wasn't you're telling me what to think and what to to (laughs) know, because this is, you know, this is a lot of teachers, they just go out there and they this is what you should do. This is what you should know. And it's like, you're just taking notes. Yeah, this is not really a way I'm scrapping the shoulds from my vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah. Except yeah. for you should go to to uh, Mia's thirty one days <laughs> yeah. of intimacy. You should do this. I, I highly recommend it because I you'll you'll get a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You'll so get a much. lot of these videos. But yeah, definitely, I, I think your work is great, and I think it's really the essence of everything. Especially like I was saying these days, because if you don't have intimacy with yourself, you're you're going to have a, a life that's not going to be so fulfilling. And I think a lot of people are starting to really recognize this with the situation of the world and also because of the overwhelming information you get online and all this kind of thing. And it's the biggest obstacle to self-realization is Mm. this acceptance of the self, Mm. of of really understanding who you are and accepting it without this judgment. Yes, allowing yeah, when we're not we're not really speaking about something and we're hiding it, it's because we have a lot of self judgment, yes. and that's why I love that yeah. question of you know what is it that you know you're afraid to tell people or that people mm. don't know, and and so mm. it makes you really answer that question. So again, thank mm. you. I hope to have you on some other time when we can yeah, talk about that. this in a, another way. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed <laughs> our conversation too. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Mia. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. For your homework, you can work on deepening the connection you have with yourself and those in your life. Work on the intimacy which begins with the self. Focus on really being vulnerable, like Mia talked about. You can go to miaganda.com to get information about coaching. 
You can go to her Facebook and Instagram at Mia Gonda Official and check out her videos, The 31 Days of Intimacy. Thank you, Mia, for coming on the show. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Submit your questions at thestoryofmepodcast.com and connect with me on all the social media. From the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Thank you.